Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to issue four of Into the Nerdverse. Today we are joined by Callie, one of the main men over on Robot Republic. We also have, as always, Stacy. Remember, guys, Hello. if remember, guys, if you haven't already checked out the rest of Robot Republic Network, please do. We have a load of podcasts to fit your every need. We have the Treehouse Podcast for Horror. We have. Oh, I always forget the name of the wrestling one. Recharge, <laughs> Recharge wrestling. wrestling. I went to say Rebound Wrestling. I wasn't far off. So if you like wrestling, get involved in that. And actually, their podcast is awesome. It's got me starting to watch WWE again. And we also have the Gaming Manifesto, run by none other than Callie himself. Hey, yo. And we now have YouTube. We do. I mean, we've always had YouTube. True. We've now started ramping up a lot more of the content on it. It was mostly just the podcasts before, but now we've got a weekly. Uh, are, are, are we? Sorry, I'm very distracted by something here, but we've got a weekly uh, uh, gaming news update, critical update, run out by Riku. Um, we're going to be doing a big old push this Halloween for our stream high event. Uh, where we're going to have Let's Plays of all spooky games and watch-alongs and various things like that. Details will probably drop in the next couple of days, so keep an eye out for that. Awesome. And also, there is, and it's already episode one, it's out now, Bears with Knives, run by Bandit King from the Treehouse podcast, uh, featuring me, uh, is a monthly Dungeons and Dragons session. One shots were full of lots of puzzles, which really, really got to me last week because the one was about the 12 days of Christmas and it took us about, I'm going to say near on 40 minutes to work it out. And uh, I think he kind of hated it because of how long it took us. But that is also featuring the famous Sammy Dodger Mind of TikTok, which I have to keep promoting because I'm her friend and apparently I get paid to do so. So <laughs> today we are looking at a variety of uh, aliens, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, and I think the primary focus on this is the fact that all three of us are massive geeks when it comes to alien-based movies, but also Souls. Anything, anything uh, sci-fi, really. Yeah, Sci-fi is, in my opinion like god tier yeah, fantasy's god tier but okay no no you, you can have more than one in god tier but also <laughs> that's, true, that's true can you can you name me more fantasy movies that are good than you can sci-fi movies i say sci-fi is a more popular genre than fantasy so so therefore fantasy can't be god tier compared to sci-fi but it's still god tier let's be honest fantasy's lord of the rings and that's that's kind of it really isn't it yeah because no, we do no, you've got the warcraft movie as well and the game. I actually like that. So yeah, I, I loved, loved the Warcraft movie. The Warcraft <laughs> movie was good, 
when you put it as a video game movie as well, it was very good, <laughs> considering how shit the rest of them are. I really wish they uh, stuck with that a bit more. Just all of the armor and everything, I loved seeing that in live action. So yeah, I kind of wish we had follow-ups to that. Yeah, me too. I think it was mainly because the amount of money that film cost. Like, the amount of CGI in it was just unholy. And people don't like it, but I think trying to impress nerds is really hard work if you put out a uh, film. Like, we're never happy, are we? Like, if you put out a film, it's going to go... The the core fan base are going to hate it for not being caught, you know, stick to the... uh, the lore enough and then everyone else doesn't give a shit about our nerd stuff so i think the biggest issue is and it was like we touched upon it when we talked about toxic fandoms is the fact that for instance you look at star wars everyone says we need this to happen we need this to happen we want this we want this we were given all of those things in the rise of skywalker yet no one was happy because we had too much fan service yeah so so like no matter what there's gonna be they're gonna complain I could probably spe- spend an entire day just talking about those uh, sequels and The Rise of Skywalker. It, it was a fun movie, I guess, compared to the one before, but like, it was not a good movie. Too much, it, too much back and forth in, right? Like from the first film, then throwing all that out for the second one, and then throwing all that out for the third one, and it just made a absolute shit show. My opinion. Sorry. Uh, no, like, I I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker as a film, as a Star Wars hmm. film. It's pretty low on my list, but it's one of those ones where yeah, the entire film is a fetch quest. Yeah, one after another. Yeah. It's I had a good also time trying to rectify the Last Jedi. Well, that's the thing. It was just yeah. It felt like it was just uh, trying to fill in stuff, at, or you know, like undo everything the previous film done, and the previous film just undone everything the one before that done. Yeah. So like, I had a good time with it at least. The Last Jedi, I didn't have a good time with, even if it might be like cinematically better in some ways. Yeah, there's two good things to come out of the Last Jedi. The choreography on on the ship when uh, they're fighting the, with all uh, the red behind it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that that was beautiful. And then the slow motion uh ship when it just kind of shot forward in uh hyperspace and just destroyed everything. A whole dome maneuver yeah. as Leyland would call it. <laughs> they 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 did that in um Star Wars Visions in the twins episode. Uh, yeah. yeah. What so it was so it was a bit like hmm, I wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> Visions was insane to be fair. Visions, I like Visions. I've still got a few episodes I've not seen yet, but yeah, I loved Same. it. Yeah, I just love the fact it's that like messed up, that over the top, and yet it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my favorite bit about it. But as we always do, we're going to stop with our top five comics of the week coming up, starting on the 11th. Stacey, would you like to go first? Okie pokey, okie dokey. So I've got uh, Darkhold Iron Man, issue one by Marvel Comics. That's coming out October 13th. Power Rangers, issue 12 by Boom Studios, coming out October 13th. Uh, one that caught my eye, and DC never usually catches my eye. Uh, Batman the Imposter, issue one, DC Comics, October 12th. That's coming out. Uh, next on my list, I've got Star Wars War, bleh, Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters, Dr. Afara. Uh, issue 15 uh, by Marvel Comics coming out October 13th. And finally, Miles Morales Spider-Man issue 31, Marvel Comics October 13th. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's my list. Nice. I have, and I think mine's going to be uh, a little bit weirder. I'm going to start off with Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> issue 45 <laughs> coming out October 13th. Just because... I, I may have read the first like 10 comics of it the other day and it was really upbeat and I kind of just in, had a f- had fun, I'm honest. That's fair enough. We also have uh, The Joker, issue 8, coming out on October 12th. 
Batman the Imposter coming out uh, on October 12th. And that is actually the first issue, which I'm quite looking forward to. And actually, I think a certain uh, Gaming Manifesto co-host might be quite happy that I've already got two DC comics on there. Uh, so I can't get moaned at <laughs> this week. <laughs> uh, then uh, Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land, issue two comes out on October 13th. Transformers King Grimlock. I've never read a Transformers comic, but actually the artwork just looks incredible. And that comes out October 13th. And then this is going to go against everything I have ever stood for. And I kind of hate myself for it. And I'm going to jump off a cliff as soon as I say this. Star Trek Mirror War comes out on October 13th, issue one. And actually, they've based it all on, um, on like the OG Star Trek. And I'm not, I, I was never a big fan of Star Trek, but the artwork for it looks impeccable. And if it can get me into Star Trek, then it's worth me at least trying, I suppose. So you both had uh, that DC, what, what was it, Batman? Imposter. Uh, Batman, yeah. Batman the Imposter. Yeah, both had that. Well, what, what is this? Uh, what is this one? So Batman the Imposter, I'll get it up now. So Bruce Wayne's mission as the Batman has only been underway for a year or so. But you can, uh, you can tell he's making a difference. Fortunately, he's made some powerful en enemies. All the traditional power brokers of Gotham rep uh, resent the uh, disruption the Batman has brought to town. And it seems one of them has a plan to neutralize him. There's a second Batman haunting Gotham's rooftops and alleys, and this one has no qualms about murdering criminals, live and on tape. With the entire might of the Gotham City Police Department and Gotham's rich and powerful coming down to his head, Batman must find the imposter and somehow clear his own name. But how can you prove your innocence from behind a mask? Yes, the imposter sounds like he's probably more efficient than Batman. Yeah, it, I think it also kind of leads out to who it's going to be as well, because there's always that... I can't remember what the, what's the character that looks exactly like Bruce Wayne. Hush. Yes, that's it. I was going to say Husk. I was like, I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's probably going to be Hush, unless... I don't know if it's only a year into his career, it's not exactly going to be Red Hood, is it? No, so, you don't have Jason Todd just yet. Um, but it's written by the same guy who did uh, the, uh, the Killer Smile, the Joker comic, which was actually a, a very, very good Joker storyline. Um, and it's also written by someone called uh, Matson uh, Matson Tomlin, who has written things like Project Power, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, and I really did enjoy the uh, the Netflix movie version of it as well. I just but, didn't know Batman got into a manus. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, we we don't know how, we don't know why, and we wish it didn't, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but. Now, guys, it's time for What If, where I give them two scenarios. Uh, well, this one, I'm going to give each of them two scenarios. Um, they're going to be the same scenarios. I'm going to give them one at a time, and we're going to see what happens. Now, this is going to be rather interesting. I, was, I could have gone boring. I could have said, oh, what happened if Qui-Gon didn't die? Well, we all know, because let's be honest, Anakin wouldn't have turned to the dark side. So... What if Rogue One failed to steal the Death Star plans? Oh, okay. So, I mean, presumably, what we're we talking about, they actually failed as in they all got Charlotte Sky, including Princess Leia's ship, or that never happened? 
So it, the whole idea is they they're still it like the planet gets destroyed before they can send the plans up. So basically they die on Scarif still either way, but the plans are with them on Scarif. Yeah, so they just die like ten minutes before. So we assume like Leia still darts off, but uh, they don't have the plans on them and gets chased down. So the rest of that, okay, right. So she's not sending anything off of planet then. Nope. So we're then back down. We're we're down to the um the kind of classic one of like. R2D2 and C3PO aren't then Jason's to Tatooine because they haven't got any plans. Mm-hmm. So Luke Skywalker never gets involved in this, or at least he doesn't get involved through that. For another, like, yeah, he doesn't get involved for potentially another like two to three years. Yeah. Um, they Would they have known? When did they find out where uh, that the rebel base was on Yavin? Um, I'm pretty that sure was, they... that was following the Millennium Falcon, wasn't it? They put a tracker on the Millennium Falcon. No, I thought, no, it wasn't Leia that told them either. I'm pretty no, she sure she refused to give up. She said, "Damn, to yeah, yeah. at that bit." I'm pretty sure yeah. it's when they leave them um, because they, you know, their escape from the from the Death Star was too easy because it was allowed because they had it tracked. So they followed the Millennium Falcon back to Yavin. So, without that have having happened, they would not have found the Rebel base at Yavin. Um, so I don't think we we're in the possibility of the Death Star blowing it up unless they found out through another way. So really, the war would just continue on Rebels versus Imperials without that big major event of the Battle of Yavin. No yeah. Luke Skywalker, so I guess... I mean, there's not been a Luke Skywalker throughout like 20 years of that war. So really, is then will they actually win in the end at all? Um, the other thing that could happen, though, is Leia's still alive. Oh, is she still alive? If someone rescues her or not, I guess. Well, to be fair, if she doesn't get rescued, she probably doesn't survive. Because no. they were about, they were literally yeah. about to give her the execution orders, weren't they? Now we had a what's his name? What's uh? I, I here's the thing. I don't think Leia would have been captured in the first place anyway, because they there's no. Chased it. Yeah, they wouldn't have chased the ship because there's nothing of value on that ship at that point. And to save any kind of uh, dispute with the Senate, well, that you was still s- existing at the time, they'd be like, okay, th- th- we know that's a senator's ship. Yeah, sure, it's a bit suspicious. It's around Scarif at the minute. But they've got nothing on it, so we need to avoid. I, I I don't know. You say that because you say they're trying to appease the Senate by not. Because remember, they destroyed all the other ships. Hers was the only one that got away. Yeah. But uh, literally, uh, it would have been within maybe hours. like two. Yeah, within hours <laughs> yeah. of that, they destroyed the Senate anyway. So the Senate was no longer a thing. But here's the thing: it's not a case of they destroyed the Senate. It's a case of using bureaucracy. They overthrew. They basically overpowered the Senate, so the Senate became redundant. Yeah. So I, I would say uh, the Senate's not that relevant. So the diplomatic angle of it. I mean, even if she was holding plans and they could prove that, they still lend locked her up and tortured but her. So in, they're already committing that. Like you in know, warfare, it's not. Problem. You don't have. You don't gain any strategic advantage with going after a ship that just got away because it was near a battle. They had, if especially if there's nothing of any value in it. They, they didn't know, know Princess Leia was on that ship. They didn't know C-3PO and R2-D2. Both R2-D2 carries quite a lot of however, plans. However, did they actually know that the the fully the code had been fully transmitted because the only person that saw the trans uh, transmission uh, completion was died anyway and I don't think he told anyone. Yeah, you wouldn't have risked it. You would have gone after that ship. You would have. They nice might have thing, gutted it trying to find it, but you would have known. Because <clears throat> that's the thing. How did Darth Vader? Why was Darth Vader tracking that ship? Why was Darth Vader trying wanting to board that ship in the first place anyway? This because there must have been some sort of signal trace to say, hang on, something's being transmitted to that ship. 
we don't know what, but it's on Scarif, and Scarif has a lot of important plans on it. So, mm. it's... yeah, I'd say I'd say they would have gone after it though, because they knew something was being uploaded to it. So I'll take it with going. It failed, but they tried. So you know, something was trying to be, or it was there for, to receive stuff. I suppose oh, it depends the... when it got. I think for me, I reckon they'd have destroyed try to destroy that ship anyway they wouldn't have gone about Darth Vader getting on it because they still wanted to keep the Death Star as a secret this mm. was just their first proper test so actually by Leia getting away Leia now knows that they've got this massive Death Star they can spread sure. it to the, the uh, to the people on Yavin whereas if they just blow it up the rebel are still none the wiser yeah I think they would have gone after him I, I Leia would have got taken away and yeah in the, in the same way but uh Jimmy, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember the guy. Um, Bayer Logana? Uh, yes. Um... He's in it, and he mentions in that film, there's like that kind of like little bit about speaking to General Kenobi. You know, it doesn't, I don't think he addresses him by name. So he's aware of General Kenobi as well. Uh, obviously, he would have told Leia, and he's still about. So someone else would have gone and got Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think, if not Princess Leia. What would have, you know, have been left Tatooine? With the knowledge that Luke was still on, yeah, he would know. He would have taken Luke. Yeah, that's like, the thing. He would have had. To, he would have gone. Okay, well, Luke's of age. I guess I need to go now. I've been called upon by an old friend. I mean, we're going to see when Kenobi comes out, like what he's been up to, and I'm guessing he doesn't stay on Tatooine the entire time. Like he will occasionally go off, off like planet for whatever purposes. Oh yeah, so this but... could be another one like that, or he could well go. Okay, now it's time to finally tell Luke about it. Whether Luke would have gone with him without, you know, Bernie, auntie and uncle, um, it's a different matter. He might have been just more interested in getting, like, motivators from Toshi Station or whatever. Well, we also know as well that, like, um, his uncle was never planning on letting him leave. Like, mm. it was going to be every year it's, oh, no, you're going to stay another season. And with, I think with Ben Kenobi, it was going to be one of those ones where the, the idea was always that I'm going to train him when the time is right. And I think it was building up to that anyway, whether it was potentially going to be after that season or whether it was going to be like an entire year later. I think we will definitely see him going off world in Kenobi because as the meme goes, Anakin doesn't want to touch sand anymore. He ain't yeah. going to want to touch down on Tatooine himself. And we know well, he's in it. There. Yeah, exactly. Um, he doesn't want to go anywhere near sand. He gets, he gets inside of his like suit and then gets really itchy. and it's rough and coarse. It just gets everywhere. But uh, the... like. I don't think Vader's going to Tatooine, not just for the sand. Like, I mean, because of if we, if he had been to Tatooine, you would have thought he would have noticed Luke there earlier. So hmm. we can, I think we can assume Vader never sees Tatooine well, again. You say that, but even when he was chasing Luke for like the year after A New Hope between uh, New Hope and Empire, he still didn't know he was a Jedi. Like he was, he was chasing Luke down for an entire year, targeting him, not knowing that he still had access to the Force. You knew we had the force there from the um from initially the Yavin explode you know the Death Star explosion because he said the force is strong with this one right yeah but he didn't know who he directly was no. uh, and um, the thing he is he finds out from Bubba Fett I believe during that into I, I read the comic I think it's Darth Vader comic or whatnot yeah. but like uh yeah he finds out on the ship and then cracks all the glass and it's like, a cool scene to be fair the Darth Vader comic like storyline is impeccable. It's, great, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It is genuinely awesome. Um, uh, what's her name? Doctor Alpha, Alpha, or something like Afra. that. Afra. She's great. Right. I like that. What if so much so that I did have another one, and we're going to throw it at you because I think it's always worth it. Um, 
I've got two. I'm torn between both. I might just use both. First one, okay, because actually I really enjoy these and it's nice putting you guys uh, on edge. Um, what if Ahsoka raised Luke and Leia? Ooh, okay. Now, oh, wow. the obvious thing would be like, obviously they both get trained as Jedi and I think they probably would, but would they be trained as Jedi to take down the Emperor or would they be trained and just kept away from it all? I can't try and think what her kind of motivations were in the later era. Well, in the in the later, she was more completely neutral, wasn't she? Yeah, she exactly. disagreed. She, she disagreed with the Jedi, and she disagreed with the Sith. So Luke and Leia would have not even been raised to be Jedi. They would have been raised to kind of have the similar ideology to what Ahsoka had. Hmm. Use of the Force, but not trying to use the, the Jedi. Yeah. But I guess she's still against the um against the Emperor, presumably. Yeah, like she, if the Emperor were a fascist government, like she would probably want to be taking them down. In well, in Star Wars Rebels, she comes out as one of the like original rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. She's was, one of the people uh, that set it up. Um, originally, weren't she? And um I think as well, like uh for everyone that's seen the Mandalorian, when she's just like he's too emotionally attached. Luke and Leia, having them from a very young age, they wouldn't have been. Potentially, they might have been too emotionally attached to one another as as twins. And that might have been something that could have led to her resisting the training a little bit. Or, even so, if she's training them and she is leading or part of the rebellion, so she's obviously after the Emperor, but they've been raised with an attachment, a mother, and they've not been taken away, so they would have potential dark side tendencies. She gets killed by something, you know, or they get separated at some point. There's a very real possibility they could have been trained up with all that love and then turned to the dark side. As I also think Luke loss. and Leia would have been found earlier if they were with Ahsoka. I, by Ahsoka. I think they would have been discovered earlier. I disagree simply for the fact that actually Ahsoka herself was never caught. Like she didn't even come out until I think it was what, yeah, season two of Rebels. And even then, she was still very good at hiding her abilities. She was very good at hiding um, the, the fact that she had the Force, the fact that she was once a Jedi. She was one of the few that you could actually go up to and you would never know because she was trained. At the end of the day, she was trained by Anakin and then left the Order, went into hiding herself anyway. So she knew what she had to do. Um, and actually, I still think from watching Rebels, I still think if Vader found her, and it was he just knew it was her. She didn't attack him or anything. I don't reckon he'd have done anything to her. I think he would that would have turned him sooner back to the light. I think it's it's what I love about the Clone Wars. It's one of the the big things they said is the fact that actually we didn't see the full turn to the dark side in the films. We didn't. Mm. It's it is true. No. And I think the Clone Wars summarizes it up very, very well. And actually Ahsoka leaving the Jedi in the way in which she did is one of the big turning points for Anakin yeah. because it was he was given someone to train, became like a best friend, and then he personally felt like everyone around him failed her. And she even said to him, it's not you, you've really tried. Uh, and she also knew about the whole thing with Leia um, and she, she calls him out on it. And when she leaves, Anakin's then like, actually, she's one of the best around. Like I've been training her for years and now all of the Jedi just randomly have turned on her and they found it so easy. Mm. Yeah, it was, the, like, it was the first big failure of the Jedi. Not, not the first big failure, but 
the bigger failure of the Jedi that made Anakin kind of go, well, you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the first big failure when it comes to Anakin. It's not it's their been, first it, big yeah, failure. <laughs> and it was also it was also the start of Anakin truly seeing the, bio- the bureaucratic uh, nonsense that came with the Jedi Order mm-hmm. and with the with the uh, rest of the um, uh, the Council. Senate and the Republic yeah. and everything like the link between the Republic and the Jedi Order suddenly became a little bit more pre- prevalent and the bureaucracy and everything just kind of came out. See, I, I would want to see like um, now as I, as I sort of said like because they've been raised with love now there's that attachment so there's the possibility of being turned with the the old. You know, I can save Ahsoka. You just join the dark side. We know the Skywalkers are particularly um, vulnerable to that, it seems. But you'd imagine Ahsoka would have instilled in them not, you know, a little bit of that kind of Jedi stuff and not to worry because she knows exactly what happened to uh, to her yeah. friends. But what might happen is with Vader seeing Ahsoka, someone, you know, he loved as a friend, like basically being a mother to his own children. And that might be enough because he doesn't want, he doesn't like the Emperor. He's yeah. constantly trying to kill the Emperor, really, which is the Sith way. Him. Yeah, so seeing an opportunity of his former Padawan, who he knows is powerful, plus two children, like we see obviously later on, while Luke's turning him back to the light, like he's, you know, he's susceptible to that love, that connection. Like if he had your little 13 and, you know, year old Leia and Luke and Ahsoka, going out the emperor themselves he might see that as an opportunity that he can whether he'll actually turn good or not and doesn't do the whole uh end of revenge of the sith game where he becomes the emperor himself it's a different matter but yeah well you see it in in rebels even when he is fighting ahsoka like mm-hmm. when you look at the way he's fighting and actually how powerful vader is at this time he is pulling his punches like he really is he's not going all out and when she sees his face you see that she starts pulling her punches as well yeah. She she always knew that something happened to Anakin, but until this point, she didn't know he had fully turned into Vader. Yeah. Um, and I think I just think it's an interesting one because I think actually this I think we're gonna see what she's like as a trainer when it comes to the Ahsoka series, because uh we already know that Ezra has been cast. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy who played uh, Aladdin in the live action Aladdin movie. Oh, amazing. Uh amazing. which I actually think is perfect casting, in my opinion. Yeah. Um and I, I just think the biggest issue that I've got with the live action Ahsoka is in the Mandalorian, she's not she's not going to be the, the character we know that does all the flips, all of the yeah. athletics, because she's older. And I, I don't mind that. But at the same time, I want to see Ahsoka in her prime. Well, yeah. this is the thing for me with the live actions. And so far, I've always been delighted by them. They've not they've not like disappointed me. But when I thought when I, when I saw, you know, talking about having Ahsoka in it. Well, there was rumours that Ahsoka was going to be in it, and I was like, I don't want to. She's a cartoon character for me. She is in that, you know, she's from that. I don't want a live version, but it was actually really good. Like, she actually played it really well. So I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, like, willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that if they did do something like that, it would be, or bring in anyone from the kind of cartoons like Ezra, while I know him as an animated character, I'm pretty confident now in Disney's abilities here. Yeah, well, I think because the the whole idea is going to be her trying to find him, because um, the whole I think Thrawn is the bad guy in the Ahsoka mm-hmm. series. Yeah, and the fact they're finally bringing one of the most notorious, like kind of villainous characters from the comics and from the series into live action, I think it would be fantastic. 
And but one of the things apparently originally before Disney decided to never work with Johnny Depp again, apparently they had originally had contract talks with him to play Thrawn. And I was like, and you fucked it already. Yeah. Because I love Johnny Depp. I think he's a great actor. But is he gonna is he serious enough and intimidating enough to play Admiral Thrawn? Well, yeah, I found him um like when he in the Harry Potter thing he's in. I just wish they'd kept Colin Firth. Is that Colin Firth? Is that his name? Yes. Uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. Like I you just don't I didn't need it to be Johnny Depp. I, I think he kind of like takes me out of the movie a lot. If I'm watching anything with Johnny Depp in, he's got too much of a kind of I think now I just see him as the pirate, the Caribbean guy. Like yeah. I struggle to really see him in the film. It's the same as like Matt Damon. If I see him in a film, as much as I like Matt Damon films, I'm very aware then I'm watching the actor Matt Damon and that kind of then, you know. Yeah, ruins things for me. I, I, I like if they use less less well known people. There's actually someone I know who would be amazing for. When I say I know, sorry, there's a famous guy who would be amazing for um, Fraun. Now, have you seen the Spartacus series? Yes. So there's a guy, um, Simon Merrills, that's his name, and I think he would be perfect for Fraun. He plays uh, in in the Spartacus series. He plays like one of the Roman generals. I can't remember uh the name of the character right now but it is basically just a non-blue version of fraud and it's fantastic see if i can link you up something actually sure i think so i'm just what was the other one that you had Barlow? what do you mean the other one you said you had two that was two. That, that was the second one ahsoka raising the uh twins oh and... right 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 i thought no i know so I, I technically have a third Oh, because oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I right. think these are really interesting. I love them. Right. The third. What if Wedge Antilles was the one who actually blew up the first Death Star? Okay. If he didn't oh, miss. Okay. okay. Hmm. I guess, I mean, Luke wouldn't be getting as much praise. I'd feel better for Antilles in that situation. He gets to be yeah. the champion, not the absolute hero of every you know, okay. story. It can be a normal guy for once, please. Yeah. Be a normal <laughs> no, guy. But, but also because we know we know because of the whole shot, whether whether it's because he thought the force was strong with Luke or not, it's the fact he was chasing Luke down for a year simply for the fact that he managed to make that shot and blow up the Death Star. Yeah. So, so Wedge wait, would have been the one. Down, uh... I think he'd have been chasing Wedge Antilles and would have found him very Wedge quickly. Antilles, yeah, he would have got caught real quick because of <laughs> he's not we, got the force sensitive. He's we we would have had a very dead Wedge. <laughs> <laughs> but also, wouldn't Vader be dead as well? Because that was technically before Vader even got into the TIE fighter, that first shot was taken. Yes, he was still on the Death Star at the time, wasn't he? Mm, I don't know. Well, it depends. I don't know what the time difference is between that. Do we? Does it cut to him still walking through the halls? Yes. At that point? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Vader's a dead guy in that case. Yeah, the Death Star is blown up. Wedge Antilles single-handedly saves the entirety of the Star Wars universe. Well, no, no, the single handedly allows the Emperor to continue ruling for another X amount of years. And then probably dies straight after as well. I feel like he just gets a, one single bounty hunter on him and then he's fucked. What, the Emperor? No, as in the Wedge. 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 Oh, right, I was about to say. And here's the thing and in that, the Emperor will try and find a new powered one. He'd actually sense Luke somewhere and then he'd be like, oh, you know what? I could always use this bastard. And because Luke isn't the known hero of the rebellion, he's going to be a little bit more susceptible to probably going, actually, I'll get more glory over there because at first that's what luke wants he wants yeah. a little bit of glory he wants Run to get off and join the rebellion yeah. yeah 
He's a bit, he, he is a bit like his dad in the fact that he is a glory hound. I, what I love about his whole dream of joining the rebellion, you're like, but why? You live on a planet that's not worried about any of this. Yeah, but like, you live on a shitty desert planet where your job is to collect water, moisture, even just true water. And I couldn't think the... of anything else I'd rather do. I'd be just sitting there thinking, like, I've joined the rebellion. Yeah, that's one option. You... To kill myself. And, te- and, te- <laughs> and technically, the planet is run by the huts, so you got the huts to deal with. Yeah, but planet. like, I feel like it'd just be so much easier just to do jobs for the huts, like. That get you off planet quicker, and then you could just ditch them because yeah, let's be honest, the not exactly it, it, chase you. It, it, it also brings you like like thirty feet closer to death. <laughs> I love how you say the huts won't chase you. Like that's the story of Han Solo. Yeah, but like the, but the difference was with Han Solo, it's how much money he like messed them up with. Whereas I don't think like if you do it earlier on, you might you might be okay. Maybe it's one of those glory war things because like really. Luke should have been trying to, because the hut space is different to the Empire. You know, the, yeah. the Empire don't control hut space. So, or, you know, they have an overall thing, but they just avoid those planets. Now, they, they just access certain points of hut space, like yeah. space lanes and shit like that. So, like, they should, like, Luke's real goal should have been taking down the huts, freeing his own planet of, like, his war should have been against the huts, but that's a war you're involved in. You're born into, you know, you, you're fully aware of it. Whereas, like, that, that sexy foreign war against the Empire, you know, you want to go off and be a hero and fight in something which you don't necessarily understand. You just think it's better than trying to fight gangsters. Like, yeah, I just think he did it for a bit of kind of glory and adventure. Nothing is cooler than fighting gangsters. Especially yeah. space slug looking gangsters. Is it? Or is it cooler to be the gangster? Fighting an empire, that's cool. Well, I suppose we'll find Being out in a book gangster, of Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, man just, man dem just went, fuck it, you know what, I'm taking over the hut. I'm, so, I'm so glad we finally got a date for it as well. When is that? What's, what's dropped? I didn't, I haven't even checked out the new trailer yet. Um, it comes out December. The, oh, uh, it is this year, isn't it? Yeah, oh, this year, yeah. Yeah, Saint Tommy Christmas made. Done. Yeah, like that. That is sorted for me. But also the fact that the uh, Hawkeye series comes out then as well. And I'm like, actually, I really like the idea of the Hawkeye series. And then they cast um, the is it Haley Seinfeld or whatever her name is as the one he's going to be training. And I was just like, wow, you've managed to single handedly make me really excited and then fucking disappointed very, very quickly. Who is this Haley? What's, uh, what's she in? What am I know her from? Uh, Pitch Perfect, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, which is a great film. I'll stand um, by. <laughs> she's, she's in Pitch Perfect 2, it's like the young girl who just wants to be friends with everyone. And then. I don't really remember that much. Um, I just remember Rebel Wilson. That sounds like my childhood. She's also, in, <laughs> she's also in Bumblebee. Um, but she's prom- predominantly a pop singer. Hmm. And like she plays herself, which is this like quirky girl who has no friends. Uh, no offense to her. And like you just like that's all well and good, but now you're going to be like one of the the next kind of uh, big young Avengers characters. Yeah, and but being trained by the lame Avenger. True, but he's going to be want playing. To see if Ro- anyone was triggered by me hating on Hawkeye, I, I'm I'm slightly triggered by you right <laughs> I, now. <laughs> I think the, the thing is with me with Hawkeye, the way he is in the in the movies, Hawkeye. The, the thing about him is he's supposed to be deaf, like mm. he's supposed to be deaf. Um, his eyesight isn't actually like wholly that amazing, and it's one of those ones where actually they made him so much better by for being that and more complete person for the fact he doesn't miss. Like he can he can do all of this stuff, and in the films they're just like, oh, he's just done a lot of training. 
Yeah, it's mm. just it's just trained a lot. And you're like, so he doesn't have like daredevil kind of like hypersensitivity of his like vision from being yeah. deaf. He's just the guy that's good at archery. Have you read the uh, theory that he actually has unconscious te- telekinetic abilities? Like he unconsciously m- uh, manipulates the arrows to always hit his target. I have, and then I've also read Mo- uh, Brian Michael Bendis say how bullshit that theory was. That's very true. Uh, and it's I was, just, and, and like, it was the fact that they literally asked him about it in an interview. Because, like he is one of the biggest, most notorious, and well-known Marvel comic writers. And they went, "What do you think of this theory?" It was just like, "It's a load of crap." If I'm honest, um, if he could do that ability, I'm pretty sure he'd do it with more than just arrows. Yeah, like um, <laughs> very true. Also, it kind of takes if he does have that, that kind of takes away from his being a good archer. Right, he's just yeah. like pinging off in any direction and then making it, 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 But it's also, this, it's, I, with Hawkeye, I think it's a similar concept to Wade Wilson before Wade Wilson becomes Deadpool. Like, Wade Wilson already has insane reflexes and stamina, like, just as a dude on his own. And it's the end, it's when the, he gets the healing factor, does he become this fucking... Yeah, but I, the, thing, the thing with Deadpool yeah. is it's not exactly the fact he can't miss, it's the fact that he's like, it doesn't matter if he misses, he ain't gonna die. Like, <laughs> yeah, whereas... yeah, but before that, when he is Wade Wilson, he still has such still a decent specific, merc, yeah. Yeah, he's got such a specific skill set and like awesomeness, basically, that it is almost like there is a habit, there's a small thing of possible, of a possibly already existing, slightly unlocked X gene. Are you Wade saying? Wilson. Are you saying the fact that Wade Wilson isn't still as awesome as a mercenary when his mouth gets stitched together when he can shoot lasers out of his eyes? Okay, when he's no, got no, long we, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I thought that was the most important part of that entire film. But like, what if it's that kind of scenario that Hawkeye just, for example, has, I'm not saying he has latent a, X gene. Sort of yeah, thing. like a latent X gene that's partially unlocked but not fully, or he has some sort of ability to that his senses not telekinetic, but yeah, are. some some ability where he doesn't miss things. Yeah. Like maybe yeah, like some, I don't know if it, I don't know if mutations affect luck, but like that'd be quite a you know he's yeah, just really saying, good. Have, does have, have you shots. seen Domino? <laughs> I have not. I'm her, afraid. Oh, her entire power yeah. is luck. Yeah, actually, she was in Deadpool too, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I remember now. <laughs> it's not very cinematic. They just have this like beautifully cinematic screen uh, stream yeah. to back it up. Right. Today's topic is actually about when you look at film and like the alien races you get in movies. And this is actually this topic was picked by Stacy, so he's probably gonna be better at describing it than I am. So yeah, it's just talking about alien races and like not necessarily, yeah, you can talk about your favorite alien races, but also alien races that you think don't get enough uh screen time or alien races that don't get enough like sort of like credit where credit's due. Hmm. Like um so like I, how the xenomorph just gets way too much screen time. Yeah, basically. Like I, I, I personally love the xenomorph from the alien franchise. Um I actually made a TikTok saying how the doggomorph is one of the better xenomorphs in the alien franchise. Um but and, and the, the doggomorph deserves more credit where credit's due. But sorry, take- it's actually called the doggomorph. It's called the Dogomorph, or it's also referred to as the Runner or a. Is runner. this the one from Free or from? This the, is the, the one game? from Alien Three, where the okay, um, yeah. the chair that where the uh, face hugger went for the. Was it Kyle, wasn't it? No, it was a Rottweiler. Oh, okay. 
it was it was a dog. So I was just basically I made a TikTok just basically saying how the doggo moth doesn't get as much credit as where credit's due. Mm. Take that concept away from the doggo moth and apply that to all fictional alien races. Okay, yeah. I mean, just trying to think now which ones I particularly like from from things. Think the more disgusting, the better. When they're just humans with pointy ears, for instance, that's just lazy. Yeah, give me give me, give me something juicy and uh, gross. See, my favorite alien race of all time, and I don't think it gets enough screen time, it does in the series, but not so much in the films, is the Twi'leks from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Start with the their nice like and absolutely <laughs> disgusting men like yeah but the funny thing is like they're supposed to be like a really vicious race of aliens like there's so much turmoil on their planet that it just mm. makes them really easy for the um for anyone to take over like when it comes to the clone wars they are like pretty much like turned into slaves straight away because actually there's so much turmoil between them that count dooku found it so easy to take over there's also the, uh, the you also have the Twi'leks come back and they're then they're getting enslaved by the Empire in uh, the Bad Batch series. So that happens. And uh, you know yeah. that um, episode of Doctor Who and there's like a planet which just keeps getting invaded and he says like you know if you occupy oh, it, home by now and they just like surrender to everything. Yeah, um, yeah, the most cowardly that, race in the universe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I feel about the Twi'leks. They're just continuously being enslaved by one government after another. Yeah, but that is the thing. At least the Twi'leks fight back. They create rebellions mm. and uprisings. Uh, they do it in the Bad Batch as well. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't that basically the Khajiit from Skyrim? Oh, we're just being... Oh, we'll just let you take over us again. We'll be slaves. <laughs> hey, it's fine. It's fine. The Khajiit are cats. They just can't be fucked. <laughs> that's the point. But um, I think, yeah, the Twi'leks for me... I'm trying to remember what this one alien species is called. Um, the Which the one? the boring ones from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, oh. Bogon, Bogon? Bo- is it? Yeah, Bogon. Like yeah. They're like literally the. Um, Bogon, oh, yeah. Yeah, Bogon. I love that film, Hitchhiker, and the book. The book is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love everything about them. They are the funniest things ever. <laughs> that film the... is incredible as well. Hang on, I mean, there's a there's a creature that they utilize for like torture purposes that is uh, that that is so stupid it believes in the concept of you can't see me, I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's I I just love it. Hang on, what's it called? Do we also count? Um, are we counting creatures or sentient aliens here? Let's go with for now. <sighs> Well, here's the thing: is it like xenomorphs well, are sentient? sentient. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one I was thinking of was the um, hive mind. So the rack, the rack, something, the thing from Star Wars: uh, Force Awakens. That's a ball with lots of like lit tentacles coming out of it. That goes. Oh yeah. Begins with art. That's all I remember from it. But yeah, that that is a that's an awesome alien design. Yeah, uh, was it the ravenous bug bladder beast of Troll? <laughs> a creature, a creature that's so stupid it would believe that it believes in the concept of you can't see me, I can't see you. Uh, the Raftar uh, from Star Wars. Mm. Raftar, yeah. And one other, just just try, so I'm, I'm racking my brain for different alien races and the Halo universe. Um, okay. The the hunters, which yes, are worms, but have just gathered worms. together and yeah, are like armored and operate guns and things. Yeah, just like a sentient hive mind of worms that's yeah. a brilliant it's it is it's a brilliant concept but it's what happens to them because they were enslaved weren't they i said like you're the telling grunts, me go on. 
the grunts uh, were enslaved uh, because they're just so naturally cowardly uh, yeah. that they just were just like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll fight for you. Um, so, but then you have the engineers, they were enslaved, and the hunters, or I can't remember the specific names of the alien species, the hunters were sort of enslaved, sort of not. It was kind of like a whole manipulation process mm. with the hunters, because you are dealing with a mass of sentient worms that have like, that are linked into this one hive mind. Yeah, I wonder if they're like what the intelligence on that is. Like, are they easy to trick or because you think worms dumb, but then again, they've they're a send, they're a hive mind, so you'd kind of think that's a lot of brain power. But then yes. it is also worms. Like, yeah, but, <laughs> but let's see. If, if in game they're not very smart because you can literally just run circles around them, keep shooting them in the back with a shotgun, as long as you're not on like doing a lasso run. If you're doing a lasso run, then you just fucking hide. Um, <laughs> but in the law. I don't know if I'm remembering this rightly. In the law, the hunters are like the actual worms themselves. Uh, they don't just communicate with the worms inside the suit of armor that they're in. They communicate with the other worms who, who are, of course, being the other hunters. Mm. So it's they've basically got a better communication network internally with, for the hunters than the rest of the Covenant army would um, that they're fighting with. Yeah, that's only communication, I suppose. They might not be thinking much higher. Also, depends. I suppose how far that reaches. Like, if they're on a different planet, do they still get to communicate? Because that'd be. Uh, I think that's a bit, a, like bit a, a bit of a stretch. I yeah. think it's a bit more of a proximity one because it's like how ants communicate it's through pheromones, for example. Yeah. So if ants communicate through pheromones, one ant can go, "Okay, I'm sensing this," and ant who senses that pheromone can go, "Right, that ant's very far away from the." nest so i'm gonna make a trail of pheromones as well to make sure that the other ants know and it just basically dominoes all the way back till it hits the nest mm. I think... yeah i imagine that's similar with similar with the hunters probably not like yeah. intelligence as such you know in like uh the, the rest of the kind of covenant yeah but uh, like compared com compared to the um elites what's they called the sanghelis sanghili that is it yes the sanghelis compared to the sanghelis they aren't as like that smart Hmm. But uh, I've got to be honest, a sentient creature that can basically silently communicate with its fellows is deadlier than a creature that can create technology, in my opinion. You look at any sci-fi or any like any kind of sci-fi thing, it's always hive mind creatures and hive mind um, races that kind of become this dominant power yeah. of stupid power of stupid unspeakability. I think it does matter what level of intelligence each, you know, that hive mind ends up having. Because, like, sure, if they can communicate in a hive mind like ants, compared to making technology, that's smart in one way. But I could probably fight some ants more than I could fight just some dude with a gun, no, especially true. with a laser gun. Like... But, 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 but what but what happens when you take a bunch of ants, put them in a suit and armor, and then give them a plasma ray? <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's that's absolutely terrifying. In fact, um, also Rick and Morty, there's like one million ants is like a character, a superhero. A million yes, ants in uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, but also, like, if you look at the hive minds, and even like, even like Star Wars, like the amount of issues they cause, because I think uh, the Genosians, for example, well, the, not the uh, the Genosians one with theirs, they actually managed to get off planet, and they're still communicating. Like it just shows that, like, actually, they can be so overpowered in how they do it they don't do much but it's the fact that they just in, uh, in, uh, infect you one by one 
Mm. And eventually that's how they end up taking over. Whereas oh, I think the flood. Well, how did I not mention yeah. the flood? <laughs> in terms of power of hive minds in Halo, yeah. Oh my god, the flood. No, we don't talk about the flood. The We'd... flood genuinely scares me. <laughs> I mean, I remember having to uh, when I got the remastered. Uh, was it Master Chief Collection? And I genuinely refused to play the flood on up to date graphics. So I was like, no, not happening. No, I want to watch these guys looking dumb with the old oh, Halo One style. That- that, that's actually quite an interesting question when it comes to which which alien species scares you the most? Like just the concept Face of this alien species. Yeah, technically, Xeno is kind of like yeah, Xenomorph is pretty terrifying. But I guess it's it's presented in a way that makes it terrifying. Like I'm sure if you got like a film of the same kind of you know claustrophobic atmosphere, but it was some sort of flood creature, it would have equal terrifying. You know, just dark, flashy lights, like dark hallways, but one of those spouted out. You know. Flood monsters. Yeah, it's like if you saw a xenomorph in the day, it might not be as bad. <laughs> yeah, beautiful sunny day. Yeah. Like if we'd been introduced to the xenomorph through like alien fire team, so it's just a big shoot 'em up kind of thing. In the way we are with the flood, we might not be as they might not be be as scary. So, well, here's the thing with the xenomorph: you know that as a human, you are either going to be a used as cattle and to be bred, so you're going to die with something yeah. bursting out your chest. Or you're gonna die with having a secondary mouth for as a tongue going through your skull. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Xenomorph was my first, my choice for a scared thing, so I, I potentially go with them. But actually, if if I were to say what I'm hunting against or being hunted, we mentioned that Rathclaw or whatever it was earlier yeah. from Star Wars. Raftar. I reckon I've got better chance fighting a Xeno than I have a Raftar. Um. Yeah, I'd say the Raftar because they're just so like. The thing is, too they're so limbs. big, too many limbs, but also like they can just smash through anything. Yeah. Whereas a xenomorph will take, like, might have to take a lot of time to cut through a door, say, or we have to try and find a way around. The raftar will basically just turn into like a cannonball and charge it down. Hmm. Um, it- and the way you die from them, because you've got all of those teeth kind of spinning like it's a, a cement mixer, like that, I could just see that being brutal. Then again, actually you mentioned like dying with a, a weird tongue thing through your head with teeth on it or the worst one is yeah getting attached to that wall with a with a face hugger on you and then having something burst out of your chest is more terrifying than just getting grabbed and, and you're conscious for the chest bursting as well that's yeah. the worst thing you become conscious after they uh, inseminate you and you just kind of then you're just like <laughs> you know what one one i would want to get hunted by the trandoshan so Transocean. So Transocean are the the, li- li- the lizard folk from uh, yes, Star Wars. They're, they're, they're part. They're, they've basically got a hunter culture. Oh, was that uh, the uh, the 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 bounty hunter? Yeah, Bosk. Bosk. Yeah. Yeah, I would not want to get hunted by them because, like, literally for sport, uh, it was in uh, even in the Clone Wars they have it where they would literally take people randomly, put them on this like island and then basically give them a day to kind of find their own homes and stuff and then they would hunt them (laughs) but that was literally what they did for sport wow um and the reason why it all fell apart was because they stupidly put ahsoka in there and you're like oh yeah we're gonna hunt a jedi now good job guys was that in the clone wars itself yeah yeah. Ah, so I, I know I've missed a bunch of episodes. I was watching Rambano and just carried on watching while I wasn't. So yeah, I need to go back and watch. Everything with, on there. Thing with the Clone Wars, the penultimate season is flipping atrocious. Like it's one of the hardest things to watch ever, um, because they changed the voice actors for a lot of it. Like the Emperor's voice just changes because they got rid of him. 
but then they bring it back for the final season, which is the one that Disney Plus did, and it was absolutely incredible. Like the uh, like cinematography on that scene with like Ahsoka and Maul, mm. with the glass shattering out, is just oh, yeah. some of the best film I've ever seen. You know, that actually, yeah, that's another race from Star Wars that I wouldn't want to go anywhere near. Um, and it would be, yeah, the ones from Dathomir. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Zabrak? Zabak? Z- Zabrax, yeah. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't want to go near a Night Sister at all. Oh, God, no. Jesus. <laughs> but even, even to a sorry. little pop zombie thing. Even the Night Brothers, like, you, I wouldn't want to touch any of them because obviously they, they hate each other, but like, the men are very savage and primal, and the, the women will just kill you on sight. Depends yeah. on the uh, thing, though. They're, at least they're sentient. Like, I, I feel like if, if you met a nice Zabrak and could have a beer with him or like some blue milk, it might be a nice time to just chill out and hang. Yeah, but that's the You either get your, your limbs torn off your body bit by bit by the males, or you go to the Night Sisters where they perform black magic on you, start sticking things in you, and yeah. eventually die from some sort of probably shock and bleeding out. Okay, this is an interesting one. Most like ferocious looking, like alien. It doesn't have to be like uh, sentient, it could be anything. Like, just most ferocious one. If you looked at from a distance, you'd know that you and the entire city is dead. Oh, I mean, okay, that is. I was gonna say like alien, but Godzilla isn't an alien, is he? Uh, it's technically of Earth. Um, Crate Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I think Crate Dragon. What's no, a Oh, the big thing from Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, that that, that thing swallows towns. If, if if you're looking and you see a crate dragon, you know you and everyone you've ever cared about is about to become lunch. A little dune worm in a similar kind of vein. If I saw that that's kind true. of coming up and popping out and back into yeah, the soil, that's true. It, I th- I just think what I love. I found this out recently. You know, in the Mandalorian, when they have that massive pearl from the crate dragon. Mm-hmm. You can use that as a kyber crystal. Oh, really? And they're one of the most powerful kyber crystals you could use in a lightsaber. Because basically it means that uh, a crate dragon has potentially eaten something that actually had kyber in it. And it's basically formed this giant pearl. And yeah, they're like one of the rarest things in the entire galaxy. Uh, worth a lot. But actually for a, for a Jedi, it's a very, very effective thing for your weapon. I always wonder, like, when they talk about that, you know, what's if it's better than a regular kyber crystal? Is what the light's harder? Does it burn hotter? <laughs> I yeah. guess it's just more stable. But I mean, I'm happy to take it on a stats. You know, like they go, just this is a ninety, a regular one's an eighty or something. But it'd be interested to know what the kind of how that mechanically works for it. Yeah, it could potentially be due to the uh, the heat really in which it burns light. at, or potentially uh, the stabilizing agent used. Um, it just like extends 10 foot when you turn it on so you can just stand real far back here's the thing if the pearl is created from say something that had kyber in it like a kyber crystal or whatever and then it's mixed with other things that the crate dragons of course got Mm. could it be because it's essentially an alloy that it's become more stable because something else has bonded with the kyber to create this kyber alloy that creates a more powerful hotter solid lightsaber I know nothing about metals, so I can't really. I, I, I can't no, really I, that, that sounds good, but I was just sorry. I just had to take a moment to sit back and go, "This is the nerd verse. This is like <laughs> this is that raw nerd shit where we get to talk about." Yeah, I love to. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I used to work with metal alloys in a factory, so yeah. kind of alloys and metals kind of interest me because different different alloys, of course, give you different properties. Mm. So I used to work with aluminium, and, and aluminium, yes, it's light, but it's also tough. 
but it's not too tough. Like if and something with enough force goes through uh, aluminium, it's going to break. It's not as hard as steel, but it's lighter than steel. And if, if you have like say a four inch thick plate of aluminium, it's going, it's not going to hold up as well as a four inch plate of steel, but it's going to say, protect everyone inside of a plane and keep it the, the, the pressure in. So could it literally be that this Kyber alloy has been created in the Crate Dragon that, that just creates this pearl that is literally just a massive Kyber alloy that mm. creates a lightsaber that is more effective? I don't know if there is any science behind it. No. Well, <laughs> no science behind any I'm, of this, but I'm trying like, to Google it now. I mean, um, I'd say, though, like, that whole thing in terms of it being stronger, being hotter would be the thing. You know when, like, uh, Qui-Gon's trying to cut through that door and he yeah. has to, like, extra hold it yeah. or whatever? Like, if if you had, like, one made with Crate Dragon uh, Pearl, Pearl it would just go straight through, you know, and just do a quick circle. Imagine, imagine, imagine the at size it. of the necklace you can make with all those pearls, like, various <laughs> Crate Dragons. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, you could literally give one to a rankle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, rankle yeah. and a great dragon pole. Yeah. It's like, hey yeah. guys. You just get down. It's they've they've changed how like you enter on uh, on uh, was it Raya uh oh, Revenge uh Revenge of Zef and uh, no Return of the Jedi. God damn it, Barlow. Tired. <laughs> had drinks um you get down and it's just like you have entered the wrangle pit and it's just like beats going off in the background reflecting off the pearls around its neck um i've just looked at like what makes them different uh all i can get gather is because obviously these are force attuned crystals um i just reckon it's the amount of impurities in them the more the more pure the crystal the stronger it is is pretty much all i'm gathering um, except when it's been you know covered in like stuff to become a pearl and it's even stronger yeah somehow somehow <laughs> like there's more more impurities in it and it's just even better maybe a uh, crate dragon is just really sensitive with the force themselves isn't there something like certain creatures in the in in the star wars universe are force sensitive yeah yeah i think so not necessarily like not, not yes not not sentient creatures just but they're they're not aware they're force sensitive but they kind of work with the force and they flow with it mm. they don't necessarily utilize it it's just something say that gives them better senses or gives them a communication network with their peers kind of thing um all I've read is crate dragons are heavily attracted to areas that are strong in the force, especially in the dark side. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Uh, so it actually is, yeah. So what if a what if a crate dragon eats a destabilized kyber crystal, like a Kylo Ren one, or yeah, just any <laughs> any 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 kind of corrupted kyber crystal? Mm. The issue That's is true. the corrupted kyber crystal. The kyber crystals themselves are naturally, when they're corrupted, they're naturally known as weaker, which is why you might find a bigger kyber crystal in a Sith lightsaber than you will in a Jedi. Because kyber crystals themselves are naturally light side, uh, which is why you have to corrupt them to make them dark side, because that red is not natural. Technically, um, kyber crystals aren't light side. Technically, they're neutral, but because they're not being corrupted, they are more efficient for light side users. I would agree to disagree, considering I literally have the uh, thing in front of me. <laughs> but isn't the whole thing of isn't the whole thing of there should be balance with the force? There should a kyber crystal, simply known as a kyber, also called a lightsaber crystal. The living crystal is often more, yeah, more light side. Um, they are. It's it's more it's more because they're naturally growing 
and like the it's all, the idea of the force around us. So this is this is the thing that taints the light side and the dark side. It's nothing to do with aliens, but fuck it, I don't care. So <laughs> we've gone off topic. The thing is, yes, they are they are neutral, but because they're trying to protect the Earth around them, that gives them that sense of light side energy. Because the whole idea is, you you would have to take them to destroy to, to destroy that energy. If that makes sense. Um, and the whole idea is they're there for protection. They're there for um, the whole goodness of the natural world. They only grow in certain areas that are kind of considered beautiful. Um, and the fact is, if they were neutral, you wouldn't have to corrupt them to make them You still need side. to corrupt it. You just need to less. But I would say, uh, like, when we're thinking about light and dark, you're thinking Jedi and Sith. But um, really like a neutral is good like if it's not harming anyone it's doing good in itself so it's only when there's only really bad and everything else so like a neutral uh, kyber crystal which is the same is the same as a light kyber crystal because mm. you start off defaultly not murdering younglings you know and not pouring hate into it i guess like if there were kyber crystals that were like growing on like mustafar or somewhere with like dark side energy but as you say, they don't tend to grow in places that aren't. Yeah, whereas so. to turn it red, you literally have to bleed the kyber crystal. Yeah, don't and you like, like, just put your kind of like your hate and energy into it after? Like, yeah, so basically, by by using it uh, consistently when you are dark side, it it taints the force in the crystal itself, yeah. and eventually ends up what we what they do call uh, corrupting it, and actually crack. That's why all Sif uh, crystals are cracked because they actually crack in the process of it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I'd do it for a red lightsaber. <laughs> I don't know. How do you get the purple one? That's why I want to know. I don't know. I think there's a specific type of crystal that you need. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure the idea is because from the Clone Wars, we see it when they're getting their crystals. It's they literally they can't see them until one calls for them. It's like ones in Harry Potter. Um, the one chooses the wizard, but in this sense, the crystal chooses you. And often you don't really get much of a choice. Uh, unless you're Samuel L. Jackson and goes, I want a purple one. And then George Lucas is like, fine. I guess I'll just rewrite all of our law just to fit your one. Well, that, that's the thing that made me laugh because he didn't have to re really rewrite much because I think Revan was already a predetermined character. But it's the fact that George Lucas has always said the films are canon. Hmm. That's it. So legends were never canon ever because George Lucas didn't want them to be. And that is why uh, I, I don't really rate George Lucas that much because the. Well, no. To be to be fair, like there's a lot of legends and like books out there. You know, I've got yeah. tons of them here next to me. And if George Lucas had to go through each of them to decide whether they're uh, you know canon yeah. or not, or like vet them before putting them out, whereas it's easy to just go, no, technically none of them are real. Like you know, my, none of them. Are yeah, private. I think my thing with George Lucas is the fact he didn't actually direct the the, the, the three original movies. He wrote mm. them, didn't direct didn't do any of that and yet for the prequels he decided to write and direct them and actually he's not a very good director he never has been arguably um some of that a pre see a prequel trilogy sorry is considered bad i personally love it but I, he, did, I, he didn't get very good performances out of what? say child anakin and i, I, I like them job. but like as a director like it's his decision on whether to use like practical effects and CGI and stuff like that. And my opinion of the prequels were actually the CGI was fucking atrocious. Mm. Um, like watching, and I will always bring it back to uh, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon riding a Bamfa. It was hysterically 
bad. Like the Bantha looked plastic. And actually, they don't hold up too well, except episode three, which is still my favorite. Star yeah, film. I think that switch from going everything's practical and actually for the time still today looks really really good mm. to let's do some of the worst animation we've ever made uh and yet not edit the characters at all and actually let's have you and mcgregor at this point actually come across as quite a bad actor in that third movie because some of the way he put the lines forward was just not great that is actually on him as a director whereas i thought this the storylines i really enjoyed it was just the direction of it that I didn't like, which is why I can quite easily pin it on George Lucas himself. Yeah, fair. Uh, compared um, to the sequels, which I hate. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Sorry, no, carry on, Carl. I was going to say, I actually like Force Awakens. I thought that was a great film. It oh, just, well, I, I love just to ride straight off a cliff. I that love was such Force a Awakens. Great setup and then just cliff edge. Uh, yeah, I think Force Awakens is a fantastic movie. But, but I can't watch it anymore. Like, it, when knowing the payoff is not there, like, means I just can't watch that film anymore because it, it's kind of ruined. It's not, it doesn't stand on its own as a film, really. It has to have sequels. It's been set up to have sequels. And when the sequels are so bad, you just can't go back on anyway. I could talk about it so, so long. <laughs> How much I hate I mean, those other films. To be fair, and I think this is the same with films in general, I hate films that require a sequel. I hate yeah. films that require it. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them 2 requires a sequel to have any form of plot. There is no plot there. It requires a sequel. And yet you're like, actually, this sequel's not going to come out for two to three years. I want you to at least have this... Yeah, you can set up stuff in the future, but each movie needs to have its own plot and needs to stand yeah. on its own TV. That's why, like, um, like the first Star Wars, New Hope, in my opinion, is better than Empire because it is just this it's a cheap B movie thing. Sorry, there's great scenes in Empire, but it doesn't, on its own, you know, fulfill a film requirement. Whereas Episode uh, Four, you could watch that and never know there's another Star Wars film, and it's still a good film. Um, loads of films, though, as you mentioned, do list. Like when a second one comes out, they are first film is a standalone. Second and third are basically have to be put as one film. Whereas like Terminator Two is a standalone it's a sequel but it's probably better than the first film and it doesn't require any sequel to it it's set as its own standalone film and that's what makes it great well look at for instance infinity war infinity war is a part one and yeah, yeah. actually it's got its own plot you could end the film there and the hero's lost you could just end it there and yeah. actually the entire film has a plot yeah and i prefer that to Endgame. I think, yeah, I th actually, genuinely, I think Infinity War project. is... <laughs> I don't even think Endgame's in the top three, in my personal opinion, for Marvel movies. I think Infinity War and Ragnarok have the top two pretty much covered. Yeah, yeah, I'd get, I agree with that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's not but, about aliens, though, is it? It's not, it's not talking yeah. about no, no, not talking <laughs> alien about. species. There is quickly. an alien... Sorry, yeah. go for it. No, I'm just, I was just, just getting quickly back on track. Uh, I'm just going to talk about, basically, not it's just... Why there's some aliens that don't get enough coverage, and that's this is going to be aliens in an entire series, not a not a specific <laughs> alien race. Any alien species from the Orville TV series? I, I've picked up you on this actually from listening to a few episodes. I, you like the Orville? I'm to understand. I you like <laughs> freaking love it. <laughs> Best I've watched like two episodes of it, and I've not then gone back to see any more. It was funny and amusing, but I didn't realize it had a passionate fan base. There, it, it's got quite a good, quite a large cult following. That mm. here's the thing: I've watched Star Trek, I've watched quite a few different sci-fi films and TV series, and I've got to be perfectly honest. Even though the Orville is a 
uh, spoof of the Star Trek and, and of sci-fi series, it is actually on its own a very good sci-fi series. It has its own universe. It has its own alien species. It's got all the background story it needs to stand on its own two feet without spoofing off anyone. Like, I know it, like, it's supposed to be a comedy and Seth MacFarlane is an amazing writer, especially for the Orville, but um, the topics that, it, that the Orville covers and the way it covers certain, like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say touchy subjects is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but also, again, the alien design and the alien species themselves, uh, my personal favourite being the Mottlins, uh, is just absolutely amazing. It's, Tell me about them, I, I, I've, as I've not seen. Uh, so uh, just for the Mocklins, uh, they are basically an, an industrious race. So they just have like this race that is based off of industry and basically creating weapons and weapon testing. They've actually industrialized their entire planet so much so that their atmosphere is just smog. That's all their atmosphere is. But because they've evolved in this kind of harsh environment, they can eat literally anything without any toxic side effects. They're also an all male species. Uh, no oh, they do. That, that's, that's, that's where some of the certain um, topics come into play. It's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> I can't describe the excitement on your face then. That is, like, I've never oh, felt, oh, I've not felt no, passionate oh about God. something like that for a long time. That was impressive. That was it, it. That was possibly one of the best episodes because there is a phenomenon. If you haven't watched the Orville series, I apologize, but there is a phenomenon every now and then when a Mocklin female is born, and they see it as a genetic defect. But of course, by human standards, we 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 hold it differently. So then this whole like culture clash comes to, comes into play, and it's just this amazing, amazing, amazing thing. But but they are supposed to be an all male species, an all male race. Uh, they lay eggs. Interesting. Okay. But also, like, uh, they're, they're my favorite because they're just so matter of fact. They have nothing, they have no concept of what humor is. So they just take everything literally. Okay. They don't yeah. know that. And, and it's just, it just creates this amazing comedy effect in the show. But mm. it, it also creates this amazing species that you can set a basis off to cover several different societal and cultural issues. It's why they're my favorite race in the Orville. Like, is there any? Um, is it one series, the Orville, or is there more? Two. There's two series and a third one coming out next year. I'm where gonna be a Not sound like we're advertising, but where can I get my hands on the Orville? Uh, you will find the first and second season of the Orville on Disney Plus. That mm. I just recently discovered. And guess what? I've been watching. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be 100 honest. I didn't even get past three episodes into season two. They got rid of one of my favorite characters, and then I watched an episode about her. I was like, "Yeah, I just can't watch this anymore." I know uh, when they got rid of when they got rid of her, I was I was mildly annoyed, but I'm not there necessarily for the characters. I'm there for the world and the universe. Uh, yeah, see, I have never gone back to it. I never will go back to it. I didn't think it was that great. Um, personally, I think it stands well as a spoof. Yes, they talk about a lot of really good topics that are needed on there. Uh, but I can understand why its fan base is very, very small. Um, and I would and... like to talk about an alien race. If I Go may. on. Yeah. So this is from my favourite sort of lore, uh, sci-fi lore, which is the Warhammer 40k universe. Yes, glad fans in the house. Now the orcs. So unlike orcs from your Lord of the Rings, the orcs in Warhammer 40k are mushrooms. 
yes. essentially. They are plant-based creatures, or fungus-based creatures, I guess. Uh, spores will get into the soil of a planet, say, and then that's when orcs will start to become a thing. They start off in very small, like, almost goblin little little, little boys. Uh, you know your orcs by the nods you've given me here. What are the names we've got for the small ones? What's their... Uh, they're not goblins. But it's not like nobs, is it? Is it nobs? No, no. When's knob coming? That's I'm, higher up, isn't uh, it? The orc nobs are the bigger, stronger, than yeah. the captain-y ones. So, hang on. Uh... Um, I can't remember what they're called. Oh my gobos! I don't know. To be honest, something like gobos. But so the orcs, not only are they just growing, the way they get bigger is just by uh, essentially acts of violence. The more they kill, the more they grow. Uh, they don't have internal organs as such because they are just plant people, so they can lose they can lose chunks of their body and be absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. uh, when they go into medical situations, it's normally um, normally not say to make them better or it is to make them better in the orc size where they just start attaching guns to them and things yeah um, um, they're called uh, gretchen or grots by the way sorry ah, thank you um they also have this great phenomena where what they are trying to build happens so their, their entire world... yeah their entire thing is based on belief like if they believe it hard enough it will happen yeah so when they get the they get a load of scrap metal for instance and start building something that looks to them like an aeroplane or a spaceship and because they believe that is what they're building and that's you know that it can fly in space it does so this same piece of kit in the hands of anything else would be just scrap metal but in the hands of an orc it can be a battle tank it can be a spaceship yeah. what they believe just becomes manifest as a racial trait like they can't just believe they've won the war or anything but also they are the most complete species in the entire galaxy they're evolved to the pinnacle of what they can be because they want for nothing all they want is to have wars and fight and that is it yeah. they don't there's no like underlying you know scheming going on they are they, as far as they're concerned they're perfect they're so not they the necrons who want to reclaim their world they're not the imperium of man who wants to expand their borders and keep chaos at bay they are just orcs who want to fuck shit up we want to have a fight and that's what we do like they've got there's a planet somewhere which is trapped in a time loop of yes. orcs versus uh, i think it's orcs versus some of one of the space marine groups but it just gets reset and that is just orc heaven it is like valhalla at orcs just enjoy warfare they also have a great currency of teeth so their teeth grow quickly uh, anyway and it means they've always got a currency but they do biodegrade so you can't hoard money um and if you not want more teeth you can just punch them out of your own mouth or steal them from another orc uh and it's actually a really great functioning system because you don't get millionaires you don't get people that can um hoard your cash over years and generations because it biodegrades you have to spend it so the only rich orcs are the ones that have punched out more teeth than another orc literally the orcs and it's october as well let's not forget excellent that. <laughs> um the orcs of the 40k universe are just they just make me laugh all the time they are the best they're they possibly some of the best orcs i've ever seen and don't get me wrong i love the orcs i love all sorts of orcs from different universes but mm. 40k orcs are by far the funniest and just the just the most memey 
Well, this is the thing as well. Like with a uh, with forty k, there's it's very grim, dark. That's their kind of yeah. thing. It's everything's hell. It's a world you wouldn't want to live in. Yeah. But the orcs are kind of comic relief in there. They are. They they're are. still threatening, and they're still you know would be terrifying, and they do slaughter their way. But they are jokes. Like for instance, uh, they paint their their color schemes. So um, I believe painting things red makes them go faster. Yeah. So all their like shit, all their fast vehicles are painted red because that yeah. will, in fact, and it's not a case of like you know they believe it does make it go faster because they painted it red and that's what they believe. Um, green, I think, isn't it just green are the best because of vaults yeah. of green or something? I think their stealth troops, which they don't have much in the way of because stealths are uh, uh, cowardly, or I think they call it um, flincher. Yeah. Uh, because you flinch, <laughs> but I think they're purple. Because you've never seen a purple walk, so that yeah. means it's stealthy. I think um, so. Yeah, I think so. And I, yeah, they have like this whole variety of like a color scheme, and each color kind of does and dictates another thing. And because of the belief giving power to things that they have, it makes it true. And this and is why was, I love. Orcs. There was something like an orc war boss in a couple of his troops. They were like fighting space marines, and they were pinned down in a position. And basically, the orc war boss just said, "We will never die." and the orcs just charged at these space marines even though they got shot to shit they didn't die because they believed they wouldn't die sounds about right like and, and the thing is they even if they weren't for this belief like there's no reason for them to die they're not made of anything they're just made of mushroom essentially green mushroom so i say they don't need limbs they don't have organs you can puncture it's it's just madness and i absolutely love them <laughs> um. I'm so I'm not big into 40k. Yeah, um, I can see from your look on your face. No, I, I genuinely. But no, I know. I I love I love it. Like from what I've from what I know, but it's one of those ones I've never really got heavily involved in. Um, uh, Stacy's tried. Stacy's failed. Uh, <laughs> see, I, for me, I don't like the game. I don't play the game tabletop game. It's just I don't have the patience for that kind of hobby. But uh, the law, reading the books, and just generally watching law videos and things is just fascinating. Yeah, I think my issue with Warhammer in general is I think it's actually not 40k, but it's a normal Warhammer. It's the fact that mm. was it they recently tried to change all of their lore. Oh, like, the, they Warhammer, just tried... the Warhammer fantasy to AOS just... Yeah, they basically just decided to like restructure all of their lore randomly and everyone was like, yeah, this doesn't add up. None of this works. They're like, yeah, um, we'll work it out. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's Age of Sigma is the new one. And Age I think, of Sigma, yeah. I think a lot of it might just be more down to people already liked their fantasy, so when you take it away and change it, people don't like it. Because I think I've only got into, like, the, or even looked into it since it's been Age of Sigma, really. And, like, it looks fine. It looks pretty cool. Like, <laughs> Age of Sigma's good. And there are aspects of it that are really good and that are, okay, that's awesome. Okay, that's being introduced, so that's cool. Blah, blah, yada, yada. But there are aspects of Age of Sigma that just makes you go, uh, but did you really have to take this out of when it came to like the old world and stuff? Mm. Why couldn't you just transfer it into AOS rather than just replace it entirely? It was, it was more like the transfer of like various different like aspects of the old world into AOS just didn't get there. That people wanted to be there. For example, the Tomb Kings—they didn't get—they they were they didn't become a part of AOS. They stayed in the old world, and uh, in AOS they created the Osiak Bone Reapers to kind of just be, be, be yeah, basically to be the proxy for the Tomb Kings. And if, yes, it works, and I actually really do like the Osiak Bone, Bone Reapers lore. It is actually awesome because I just love the legions of the Gash, but. Um, <laughs> 
That, that sounded weird. It sounded like I just love legions of gash. Love legions of gash. <laughs> well, no, to be honest, no is, that, is that what they've actually called them, the gash? Because this is such a forty, like it's such a Warhammer Games Workshop thing to name it something like that. Nah. So the basically the all, omnipotent like necromancer, like god necromancer, is called mm. Nagash. N a g a s h. Nagash. So yeah, that's, that's the, that. the, to be fair, the people that complain about that are gonna complain even more when they realise that D and D is being rewritten for twenty twenty four. All right, sixth edition, six. motherfuckers. <laughs> After releasing all of this five E stuff, they're still releasing more five E stuff, but in twenty twenty four, it's gonna be redundant, and we're gonna need to buy new players' handbooks. Well, <sighs> to be honest, like I've got the players' handbook, like uh, the the start kit didn't really use it and then when i kind of started getting more into dnd i think like when i can't wait to be running a campaign myself and it's not so much going to be based on what's in the handbook just based on if you want to do something you roll the dice and i'm going to dictate whether it wins or not so that's my preferred method of dnd yeah you've got your spells and all that but don't really the, the rule book's out the window really. yeah i kind of i just homebrew the hell out of it like i, yeah. I stream <laughs> my campaign every monday and mine is improvised to a T. Uh, I don't even know. I have a name generator on when I'm doing it, just in case, because I'm like, just in case they like, I want to talk to this person. Okay, click random name generator. <laughs> um, what one race that I, uh, one alien species, and this is gonna, they're not as fun as the orcs, I'm gonna be honest. But has anyone ever heard of the Zeltron from the Star Wars universe? Uh, no, I don't think so. They've, ne- the they've never been put into the movies because they're, they're very much comic book legends. Uh, they are the party race of Star Wars. They are basically these pink and red humanoids that live on a planet called Zeltron, which is a party planet. <laughs> Genuinely, they're immune to certain toxins so they can get high over time. They, uh, they have two livers so they can drink more alcohol. Uh, all of their, they're very well known for their parties. Um, the, the whole thing is just about gambling, dancing, drinking. It's the, That's their whole life. Just debauchery. Just they're, they're, the, they're the kind of people who accept random death stick offers. Yeah, <laughs> they literally, like their society and culture is basically, and this is, this is what the wiki says. Zeltron culture was highly influenced by sexuality and the pursuit of pleasure. I mean, that sounds great. Sounds like my type of people. It doesn't to me. It sounds like I'm going to be on their planet, sat in a corner, trying to have a conversation about 40k with someone while they're all having fun drinking. Like, it doesn't sound like my kind of cup of tea at all, to be honest. But maybe for the odd night. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, they they also they're just known as like thrill seekers and everything. But Mm. another one that I really like, and this is I'm not even sure if you can call these alien. I mean, they come from that that a branch of human, but they come from their own planet. As the Awoken from Destiny. Right. Okay. I don't like the games. I fucking hate the games. But the lore is phenomenal. Which one are the Awoken again? Uh, they're the the people like the, the bluish grey skin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like they were the ones that tried to like massively escape the darkness and like something just really mysterious and strange happened to them uh, right at the end of the controlled space. But like it's it's just one of those I don't know, Destiny in my opinion just has the best lore of most things. But it's every product that come from it was just bad. Like it would make a great series. It would make a very good like animated TV series, and mm. I have no doubt about that. Uh, as long as Bungie have nothing to do with it. 
Is it? Is it? Sorry, just very quickly. Any of you two play World of Warcraft? No. Uh, yes, ish. So there's the uh, okay. Then might not know the law too well. There is a race in World of Warcraft called called the Denari, and they even though World of Warcraft is a fantasy setting, the Denari crashed onto Azeroth from mm. outer space. Are they lizards? No, they are not lizards. They're okay. kind of like they've got like basically best way to put it is that they've got uh, goat-like legs that are blue. Their entire skin color. Is I blue. have heard of these. Yeah, the Denari. So would we classify, even though it's a fantasy setting, would we still classify the Denari as alien species? It's an alien because race, they are yeah. not native of Asgard. Well, no, you you say that, but like if if you look at it, technically yes, because so in D and D law, if you look at um, Abyssal. Abyssal is a language, it's, it's an alien-like language. Mind flayers are technically considered alien. That's true. So, like, you can still, as long as they're not from that planet, then they're alien. Hmm. But, like, fantasy really messes it up in the aspect that, like, you could be from a different realm, like, a different plane of existence, which, and they're saying, like, oh, they're not technically alien, but you're like, yeah. If they're not from this world or this fucking universe, I'd like to very much say <laughs> they are not. Like they are, they're alien. Like, in fact, they're they more alien than the dimension. things. Yeah, if they're from, if they're from a different dimension, they're more alien than the aliens from this dimension. I would say anything from a different dimension is definitely alien, even yeah. if it's a fallacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, I guess when you go like, like, like I guess like the Kajik aren't alien; they're just a different race because they're from the same planet. But if you had like a different dimension. Like, Does that technically yeah. make the Daedra a different, make the Daedra an alien race in the old scrolls? Is that the same? Is it? I mean, it's in a different dimension, but it's the same planet. Different. It's, no, it's I guess the it... planes of oblivion that exist yeah. in the same universe, but it's kind of like in a sub pocket. Nah, the issue is the Daedra are considered godlike beings because technically they were created from the. No, 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 not. Not the Daedric princes oh. themselves. They're like underlings that live and dwell in realms of uh, oblivion. Mm. But again, they were created by the Daedra. Like the Daedra made them, made their appearance. They, they created them. So technically, no. I suppose if the realms on the same, like you know, if you, if you have got like overlapping dimensions and it is in the same kind of place, it's not alien. But if it's from like through a through a wormhole esque dimension where it's a totally different landscape because so i'm just thinking if you were to go like for like uh like theology um fantasy stuff like you know angels and things from hell and that like i wouldn't call them yeah, aliens yeah. even though they're yeah. from like you know yeah well the best same... way to describe it is like a, the planes of oblivion is pretty much like hell yeah yeah so the best way to look at it is that, is that yeah okay yeah now i get that they're not really aliens they're more just infernal beings yeah mm-hmm. now I've got two websites up in front of me. One is saying the top 10 aliens from the big screen. The issue is it's got none of their names, but it describes them well. It's got their pictures. And the other one is one that Stacy sent me, movie creatures that the Predator would love to hunt. <laughs> so I think these are worth going through just to see if we agree. Obviously, in the top 10 best aliens, E.T.'s in there. I disagree. 100% I disagree. disagree. What, what a piece of shit alien? Uh, I don't even uh, want to oh, meet oh, that go alien. home. He's oh, such yeah. a, like, <laughs> let's be honest, when you look at it, generic aliens, Paul is better. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we've also got the uh, the little creepy things from Men in Black. The, the... Uh, yeah, the little critters that, like, drink coffee. Yeah. yeah. They're they, good, but... Yeah, they're fun. Obviously, the xenomorph are in there. 
course. Yeah. Of course. I'm already hating the fact this website doesn't even have Xenomorph written on there. It just went, the alien from Aliens. It's yeah. Xenomorphs. Technically, there's <laughs> several different types of Xenomorphs, yeah. but that's a whole different uh, Predator. Sure. They're I not personally am not predators. like yeah. I'm not that big a fan of that, like in general, but as an alien race, not that like, interesting to me. They oh, just okay. look a bit ugly, but yeah, I, I can see why that'd be in the top ten. Then obviously we've got the Vogons. Ah, awesome. <laughs> there is... say, obviously. I, I didn't think that many people were ho- latched on to that uh, sort of series anymore. Hitchhikers is actually quite still quite apparently they're weird. remaking it. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they're redoing it again. Um what else do we have? We have oh my, the one from Me- the main character from Megamind. No idea what that is. I have no oh, wait, idea. The thing, Megamind. the cartoon. Yeah. Megamind yeah. himself because he is an alien. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> this is the uh, issue. Like, they don't. He's one of the best aliens. No, definitely not. <laughs> they don't actually have like any names for these things. I actually hate Martians. Ah, oh, well done, guys. Good job. Martians. That about from any Martian from Mars. It's it's from. Um, is it from Attack of the Mars? Mars attacks. It's uh, from something that Tim Burton did. Mars attacks. Yeah. 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 Mars yeah. They're pretty horrifying. Um. By the way, <laughs> after you've gone through this list of uh, this this terribly constructed list of not actually the best aliens, we're definitely doing a like for the web. I'm I'm putting it on a website. I'm doing an article. We're gonna come up with the best ones, and we're gonna write competing. Not right now. We'll have some time to think. But yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm happy we're with that. Wherever this website is, we're coming for you because you got terrible tapes. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even mind if they at least had the names of the aliens. Well, we'll do that. We're, we're just that much better. Anyway, come on, carry on uh, with next. We've also got, uh, we've now got uh, the Gin Oceans. All right. Pretty standard. Sure. Bit weird to have the kind of ones on Gin Oceans are kind of lame, but okay. <laughs> um, I like their uh, sound weapons. That's pretty sick. Wow. <laughs> We've got the the Gromflamites from Rick and Morty, which is the uh, the 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 insect like uh, government. Yeah. Okay. There's so oh. many good ones in Rick and Morty as well. Like it could be. Oh yeah, the top two are both Rick and Morty ones. But look at it. Fair enough. Uh, then we got Mister Meeseeks at number two. <laughs> is Mister Meeseeks an alien or is it a synthesized creature? I have no idea, but this website sucks. Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that one is. Uh, a guy that got any a, a, a muppet by the look of it. Um, <laughs> is it the guy? Is it Gonzo? It's not. It's not. It's 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 not a muppet from Elf. the Muppets. It's someone called Elf. Oh, Elf! Yeah, Elf. like some old old TV series thing. Yeah, over here. Oh, this was a really crap list. To anyone listening, can you please go to this website and just like report it? Like. And now, dangerous movie aliens and creatures that the predators would love to hunt. I have I more faith in this. Could yeah. this be our battle duel of fates? Is it this this versus the other list? Is that the duel of fates? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, Stacey? Like, shall we make this the duel of fates? Like, who would win in this scenario? The alien or... Okay, the, okay. The, the alien you're making or the predator. Okay. Or, actually, predators are called... Hang on, I had it up a second ago. They're called... Uh, predators. Utah. Yeah, no, you are. No, they're called predators. Uata. They're predators. Uata. Uata. Predators. Uata. They're fucking predators. Okay, let's just go. <laughs> right, so firstly, Predator versus Groot. Ooh. Maybe Groot. Nah, I mean Groot, actually no, he can yeah. he can blast them into splinters. Yeah. Right. Groot, but also all you, all you need is a splinter to, to be there from to regrow and start again. Sure, that's surviving, but that's not winning a fight. 
Yeah, so Predator would win the fight. He blasted but, the but, splinters, maybe. The, 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 pro- the, pro- the problem is, the Predator would he'd have trouble trying to track down Groot because Groot is in himself a tree. He's yes, he can yes, he might be an organic being, but he's a tree. So the Predator's got to his technology is going to be useless. Well, yeah, because especially because he uses like uh, UV or X-ray, doesn't he? UV heat vision. Yeah, so exactly. So against Groot, it's going to be completely redundant. Exactly. If especially if he's hunting him in a forest. Yeah. Um, but if they came into contact with each other, yeah, he'd win. I don't, I'd say though, if you go no, if you go Predator in his environment from the film Predator, which is a forest, and you've got Groot there, I reckon Groot might have a good chance. So it just has to grab him with his like big old brute wooden limbs and crush him, tear him in half. A little bit, but I think the Predator would ultimately win. I don't know. I don't know. I, if you try and fight a tree, it's quite like. Uh, do, you, do, you go around, do you go around punching trees, Cal? You just go yeah, into a forest and you train. go, fuck you, nature! <laughs> I think... Um, I like this, get them squirrels out of it. I want to apologise in advance for anyone that uh, is going to get triggered by this. Uh, Predator versus Stitch. Stitch is a bio biologically enhanced creature to be a super weapon, so I yeah, get I'm why good. he's being hunted, but honestly... <laughs> Why would Stitch, this happen? Stitch is described as being bulletproof, fireproof, and can think faster than any supercomputer. He can see in the dark and lift objects 3,000 times his size. His I'm only giving it to inst- Stitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving this to Stitch. Well, I'm also, giving it to I... Stitch as well, because Stitch can actually, has, you see it in the series and the movie, he improvises weapons. Yeah, he was also built to destroy anything he touches. Like... Well, the thing is with the Predator, right? While he is, yes, a hunter and good, he did get beaten up by Arnie, who is, yes, a ma- like a, a great man, but he also got beat up in another film, the, the Predator's film, and presumably, I've, I've not seen Predator 2 for a long time, but presumably in there as well. So, like, Predator- we have seen humans killing Predators. So when you're talking about... The Predator like, in Predator 2 is actually possibly one of the most badass Predators. I have to check it out. I have to take your word for it. I just know he's hunting in a hunting in a city, but and like that's what makes him so badass. Mm. But like, like the fact is, people are getting one over on this predator, and they're just regular humans. So uh, yeah, when you have like a tree monster or a biological weapon, I'm I'm giving it to them. What's next? Come on, right? Predator versus a crate dragon. Crate dragon. <laughs> um, so no, actually though, because that's that's not like something that's thinking for itself. If uh, what, what do they do on Mando to get rid of it? They had to draw it out and then basically blow it up from underneath. And that and took then, several different... And that took a lot of people... And then that didn't work, so Mando flew into it and blew it up from the inside. Yeah, I, I could picture Predator doing that. I reckon... The thing is, because... I think if a Predator... If it was more than one Predator, I think they'd win. Yes. Um, but it's especially part, because... Uh, hunting Party of Three would win. Yeah, I think Predators, they also really love their trophies. And I think a Crate Dragon Pearl would be such a good trophy to have. Um, I think they, I don't know, because I think the, like, the the puke, uh, was it, the thing that That's they released? Spit. Yeah, I don't, would that, that does affect a Predator, doesn't it? It does, because Predators still haven't developed any technology to counteract alien blood, which is naturally highly acidic. But if they'd already come across aliens and had managed to build that, then they'd win. Yeah. Well, the thing is, on Alien vs Predator, they still don't. Alien vs Predator, he makes like a shield out of the alien head because the skin of it, you know, is again is resistant. It's the only thing that's resistant against the acid. I would still say though, if Predator had a jetpack, like one Predator, he's got he's got a fucking nuclear bomb on him. 
Like essentially, all he's got to do is get it into that thing's mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, that's true if it was a punch up, sure, but like you know, yeah, the predator will keep trying different things to try and get the. It was yeah. uh, his thing with the predator, though. If it's hunting, hunting, like without trying to be noticed initially, it will study its prey first, mm. if, especially if it's new prey. Okay, this is an interesting one. Uh, I don't know if Stacey's seen this. Um, Clover from Cloverfield. It's a kaiju. I know that much. Yeah, um, it's huge. It's absolutely massive. Yeah, it literally ripped the head off the uh, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, so I'm going to give this to the Clover. <laughs> I was just saying before, it's like, this is basically, this isn't a fight. This is whether, uh, whether the Predator gets caught in fallen rubble or not. Like you is can't it, fight something that big as well, a man. Just, you, you need, like, they, what, they're flying ships, firing it, missiles it, at it? Here's, here's the thing. If it's a spontaneous fight, Clover wins. If the Predator has time to study his prey and to come up with solutions, the Predator could win. But it's taking down something that big, it would need a part hunting party with it. Well, when, when you realize big enough bombs, but like, yeah, like, well, the military used almost it. like all its missiles to take it down. Yeah. Did they take it down though? It wasn't. I cool, was it? think they did in the end. Okay. But yeah, like Predator on his own, if he doesn't have, he's got his one bomb thing, mm. which maybe, again, same principle, if he can get into its mouth, but like, it's not like he can climb the but, thing. But here's the thing. <laughs> Predators only see that bomb as a last resort. They use it to destroy yeah. evidence of themselves being present on a planet in which they are not native to. Yeah. Okay. Next so Kaiju one. seems like a big a last resort moment, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Death Angels from A Quiet Place. Uh, ooh, is it just one of them? Uh, yes. Predator. I was going to say, yeah. if it was multiple Death Angels, then... If it's multiple, the Predator's fucked, because then you've got a whole alien situation there. Yeah. It's, it's, it won't be too dissimilar from hunting Xenomorphs, except you're hunting something that's blind, but got very acute hearing. If They're the very quick, aren't they? That's their well, sort of main thing, it's just speed, right? Yeah. The Predator would have to know beforehand to be fucking quiet. And it would also have to know that the only thing to weaken it and get past its armour is high-frequency noises. Yeah, so I guess with a bit of study, yeah, yeah, a bit of study, predator could win. If it was just imp- if it was a fight there and then, and the predator didn't know what it was up against, the death angel. Well, that's the thing. If this was all based on a predator watched another predator get his ass handed to it, then the other predator would probably be able to win because they're yeah, they d- predators, and that's why I respect about predators. They they have that time. They they know they need to study. And they only take willing challenges, like unworthy challenges. Like if they see that, as we've seen in Predator movies, they see an injured human, they don't attack them. Like if you don't if have a gun, it's worth fighting. It's worth fighting. Mm. Um, Edgar, the bug-like villain from Men in Black. Predator. I think Predator quite easily to be predator, fair. Yeah. It was killed by two humans, for God's sake. Exactly. Like, guns. Predator yeah. Guns. yeah. Predator will be able to slice that bitch. Um, Zool the Gatekeeper from Ghostbusters. Isn't Zool like this omnipotent being or something? It's the immortal demonic demigod, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I I guess? Like, they had to have proton packs to get rid of him, and Predator doesn't have any of that sort of tech, so, yeah, I guess guess he goes to Zool. Yeah, I was going to say, he definitely doesn't have the technology for that. Yeah. Unless he steals it off humans. True. Rancors. Oh, Predator. Predator wins against a Rancor, because the Rancor's got the intelligence of a fucking gnat. Yeah, I mean, I've played, we've played a lot of games where they put you up against the Rancor when you've just got your blaster, 
And it's just a case of run away and shoot at it, right? Like, yeah, I literally, <laughs> I literally did a D&D Star Wars session and they had nice. to try and hunt a rankle. And literally all they did was build this like rather big hole, fill it with explosives and then fill it back up. And then they just basically got chased by a rankle very, very slowly until it ended up on this pit and then just blew it up from the ground up. Yeah. It was really annoying as a DM because I was just like, I'm not even going to count how many <laughs> like dice I need for this. Right. A sandworm. Yeah, in a fight, I guess a sandworm. If we're talking about in a sandworm fight, sandworm in a fight. Yeah, I, there's, we're two, about a there's another kaiju hunts. situation though. Like, yeah. what can it do other than potentially get that bomb inside its mouth? But at that point, I think the only way to do that in a sandworm is, well, I suppose, you leave it in a place and make a big noise and run. I, yeah, it's either that or it's one of those ones where you win but you go down with it. Yeah, like. Yeah. Because a crate dragon is quite easy, I think, to get it in the mouth. Whereas yeah. the sandworm is such a small area, I think you have to be eaten in order for... <laughs> it's a very focused area for a sandworm. They are disgusting looking creatures as well. They're what would hot. you do? You know they got the uh, the things that bash the ground to make noise? To distract it? Yes. So if you put your like big bomb there, put one of those next to it, with the thought it's going to come and eat that area, then yeah, I think that would be easy enough. It's just whether it does that or not. I think the next one is going to be an interesting one, uh, if people know of it. Um, has anyone heard of the Tremors franchise? Yeah, They're basically sandworms yeah. again. The, yeah, <laughs> the graboids. Yeah. I think that one's a bit easier to kill than a sandworm. They're it's not as a lot absolutely easier. massive, yeah. So yeah. Predator. Predator. Uh, the Indominus Rex from Jurassic World. That's two hunters, essentially. That's two hunters, but he's going against a hunter with... Fuck tons of DNA to make it just this. Well, here's the thing. If we're going by Predator film canon, technically the Predators have also altered their own dear genetic sequencing. So. True. Both can go invisible. It's just about which sensors which. And I don't think that the Indominus Rex has like any heat vision, does it? Or uh, No, I... but it's again, it's got an acute sense of smell. Yeah. I would still say like the Predator like, can probably fight a T-Rex, which even if it is invisible... I, I reckon the Predator would win against the Indominus Rex, but it would be a long, drawn-out hunt. Because I don't know. Hunts. What about that big cannon on its shoulder? Won't that just obliterate it if it gets a shot? Well, I don't know. They should remember they like absolutely like tore into this one with the amount of guns they used. Like even had mm. like rail guns and stuff, and it did nothing. Yeah, but a Mosasaur brought it down. Now, when you actually take a Mosasaur and the bite power that a Mosasaur had at the time. It's actually not as good as you think it is because the Mosasaur ate mainly small fish and schools of True. fish. True. I do so, love the fact the Indominus Rex... I did not Rex, expect that as an answer there. That, yeah. That's way more knowledge about a Mosasaur than I ever thought I would have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is the thing that makes me laugh about the Indominus Rex. Just look to actually what goes into it. It's more than I thought. Uh, Carnotaurus, Velociraptor, Gigantosaurus... Mm, I botched, I'm going to botch this one, but Majungasaurus, uh, Rugops, Pecanomosaurus... Quilmosaurus, Vivinator, Dengsuchu, uh, Terizinosaurus, Cuttlefish, Tree Frog, and a Pit Viper. <laughs> like, like, I just love the Tree Frog. It's just like, hey guys, I'm the only it's one. It's valid. You know, yeah. tree, tree, tree Frogs have active camouflage. <laughs> yeah, but it's just there compared to all of these other like massive fucking mm -hmm. like hunters. The Tree Frog's just like, <laughs> I stick to things and blend in. Uh, all right, this is going to be the most one-sided fight ever. Uh, predator against a Klingon, or 
A lot of Klingons. Predator. One Klingon predator, an army, I guess. The Klingons, an army of but... Klingons. <laughs> yeah, that's like an, an army, army of Klingons. The Klingons are I mean, win. enough ants will take down a predator if there's enough of them. But, like, if we're that's doing one That's a lot ones, of fucking ants. Yeah, I'm pretty like... sure Klingons, are, isn't their armor, like, basically just like an exoskeleton? Yeah, I don't know. Nothing would survive a blast from a shoulder cannon. And... Yeah, they're, they're the, the, the shoulder-mounted plasma cannons that the predators have are actually mad when you go further into it you just don't take the films for fact on well, how that's the thing that they are is that number the number one they've put on the list the klingon yeah yeah okay yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's it's 12 of 14 on the list i was gonna hunt oh okay right so there's a couple more yeah there's, there's two more Right, okay, because I was just thinking, like, if that was number one, like, Predator, he's got through his, like, the dinosaur that's made up of all the dinosaurs, and now he just wants to kill a Klingon. He's just like, like a let down. Now he's just looking for something chill that you can do and enjoy a cup of tea afterwards. That's true. <laughs> uh, the Arachnids from Starship Troopers. Okay. Um, ooh, actually. Again, I mean, that's more the sheer. One. Yeah, single one, easy, but it's more because... It's the sheer amount of them. It, again, mm. it's because you, you've got to you've got to remember is that these predators hunt xenomorph hives as well. So yeah. an arachnid hive isn't going to be too dissimilar. In fact, an arachnid uh, arachnid hive is going to be a little bit easier because they have the brain um, bug. So the arachnid hives have brain bugs, and the brain bug cannot defend itself. A predator will not actively try and head on he, like head on fight an alien queen unless it has to mm. a brain bug is easy to take down all the predator has to do is destroy the brain bug and suddenly the whole hive falls apart still has to get through to that though right like i mean it's, yes. if, if we're talking about hunting a hive of lows uh you know trying to bust in through the cave and fight its way through all of lows where they're very quick they've got the stabby limbs you know um yeah and they've also got massive artillery beetles, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I would honestly give it to I'd give it to loads, but again, it's only if we're including all of them, not just yeah. the Well that's the thing, yeah, because just, just to get to the brain bug, you'd have to get through like hordes and hordes of, of arachnids. Yeah, and, which and, I don't and, think he could do on his own. Like, no, like a hunting party again, yes, could possibly do it because maybe like ten of them going in could take yeah. it out because we've got someone to cover all angles or whatnot. But yeah. um, but again, uh, it's the whole concept of they go, they like going after hive mind creatures. So. Yeah. And our I, final one, and this is the, my favorite one, the gorilla aliens from Attack the Block. <laughs> I'm sorry, Predator wins. Even like, even no matter how many of those aliens you have, the Predator wins. Yeah, happy with that. Uh, yeah, like I just, I love how this is the thing. Awesome. I love how this is the thing. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just. A gorilla with neon green teeth. It would be an interesting hunt for the predator, but it would. It's also, you know, predator wins it. I'm just gonna go home. I want to lock the door, close the curtains, and play FIFA. I love that <laughs> film, Attack the Block. I actually love that film. <laughs> I remember watching the advert for that, and when he said like, "Go home, lock the door, close the curtains, play FIFA," I was like, "That's a mood. <laughs> That's what I want to do with my private time." Right. Well, it looks like the Predator wins quite a lot. And, yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, Callie, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you. Absolute pleasure. I've been dying to get on this show, frankly. Uh, just, to, just to talk nerd with nerds. That's... I feel as soon as we get Marcus on here, I feel like it, we're not even going to have a topic. It's just going to be like, it's, it's going to be a 1v1 and then Stacey's going to ref. Each other. It's, it's yeah. just going to be the argument issue. <laughs> yeah, so Stacey's going to be refereeing. Uh, 
I'm going to get a salty, kick him from the call, and I'll win that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I get cancelled. That's that's pretty much how it's going to go. But thank you for joining us, dude. Honestly, right. much appreciated. Yeah, and been uh, fun. Guys, thank you for joining us. Remember, if you haven't already, go and check out the other podcasts on the Robot Republic Network. Also, go and check out the YouTube, because actually, like, the quality of it is fantastic. I watched it this morning, and it's actually so good. Um, and also, guys, remember, like, we're on so many apps now. We're on so many apps now. So we're you have on no, a lot of apps. You have no excuse not to listen now that we're, was it, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, is it Good Pods? and yeah like all over twitter so come on do it yeah just search robot republic network and you'll find the whole host of shows yeah and make sure you got the networking because if you if you search robot republic on google you'll get a charity oh, uh, really yeah i found a few was a charity that i came across and i was really confused huh. uh and i was just there like this isn't what i'm looking for is it a charity no, no it's tv tv tropes tv tropes that's it um yeah, okay yeah, because it's basically talking about um, the robot from, uh, uh, what's it called? Futurama. <laughs> okay, Bender. Yeah. That's actually one of our Patreon levels, the Bender level. Oh, nice. I uh, want to dive on our Patreon. So it's, 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 like, uh, it's, it's like the other levels, but it has blackjack and hookers. I, I mean, that just that's, that's how we end a show. That is really how we end a show <laughs> with blackjack and hookers. I like that. So, sounds good to me. All right. Thank you, guys. I've been Bob Barlow. I've been Stacey Jack. <laughs> <laughs>